0: Shachtum, an Indo Askeliger. Time a mon the end of Chacht er a corp, Agasuligum a Makansha, Gurfeger e a her, inuik cart, len of winter thing. Schilti, vis, turme.
2: Toshi, dochretchet, nach vetach, ara, igornemjon, unchest in the echo.
1: Vientalem a or corn yeah,
0: <laughs> Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, from Fair City's four-star luxury hotel to the late Show's celebrity booker Artie's spending exposed.
1: What a treat it is to have the late late show on again after the news. That's um...
0: while Montrose claimed they are strapped for cash, the memo may not have made its way to the streets of Carrickstone.
3: Orthie paid for Fair City producers and scriptwriters to stay overnight at a 200 euro four-star hotel just 20 minutes drive from its Montrose campus.
0: This has left people wondering if there are too many coincidences and conflicts of interest at the national broadcaster.
3: The upcoming Two Johnny's TV programme is produced by Stephen Stewart. He's also the director of The Late Late Show, drafted in from Green Inc., the TV production company that he founded with
0: Patrick Kilty in the mid-90s. Meanwhile, is Patrick Keelty's acclaimed start in The Late Late Show hot seat already running out of steam?
2: So far, there's been a 33% drop in viewership between episodes one and two. I think the Late Late Show is going to have a really hard time keeping viewers engaged and interested if the guests that they invite on don't become more exciting and, frankly, more international.
0: I'm Fiannawn Sheehan, and today on the Indoor Daily, I'm joined by Hugh O'Connell, Deputy Political Editor at The Irish Independent, and Dee Malumby, Features Journalist at The Irish Independent, to look at the latest plot twists in the never-ending RTE soap opera. Hugh, it's not so much Fair City plot lines that are hitting the headlines at the moment. It's the spending uh, associated with the soap opera. Tell us about Kalini Castle and how it suddenly became part of Carrickstown.
3: Well, Killiney Castle, the uh, Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel, as it's officially known, is in Killiney in South Dublin. Um, It's an 18th century four-star luxury castle with breathtaking scenery and old world elegance, according to its website. And earlier this month, on the 11th and 12th of September, uh, Fair City producers and script writers uh, stayed overnight uh, at the hotel for what was described by RTE as a two-day intensive story conference. For the production team to develop plot lines for the next nine months for the popular soap, which is uh, aired nightly on 4C1. As part of the arrangement, there was the story conference in the business center of the hotel. Um, but there was also a bed and breakfast, lunch of a soup and sandwich, dinner for the overnight stay as well. And rooms at the hotel can cost anything between 209 and €364 euro a night. It's possible they got a, a cheaper deal as part of a package. But Ortiz has not as yet disclosed the cost of the events. They do argue, however, that they sought a number of quotes in relation to this. What's interesting is that the hotel is about 10 kilometers from Ortiz Montrose campus, which might have some people asking why did they need this intensive two-day story conference at an outside location. Uh, You can get there in 20 minutes rather from from Ortiz campus. Ortiz said the venue was chosen based on the cost, the requirement for business center facilities and location for participants traveling from outside of Dublin.
0: So slot this into the timeline for me. When this conference was going on, there were cutbacks being announced uh, within RTE. Was it around about the same time?
3: Yeah, so the, the conference, as I said, took place on the 11th and the 12th of September. And on the 13th of September, RTE's Director General, Kevin Backhurst, in advance of a, 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 a an appearance before uh, the Oireachtas Committee announced an immediate freeze on recruitment and all discretionary spending at ORT in the face of what is an unprecedented financial crisis driven primarily by the collapse in license fee revenue projected uh, at last counts to be up to 21 million this year. And that's on top of the interim funding that ORT has sought from the government, which is in the region of about 35 million as it stands. So this event went ahead just before Kevin Backhurst announced what is a significant uh, series of cost-cutting at the broadcaster driven by this financial crisis. It's not known whether Kevin Backhurst actually knew about this event going ahead. But it strikes me as the kind of event that wouldn't have gone ahead had it been due to take place a couple of days later.
0: Yeah, the RT saga has been littered with a series of remarkable coincidences, one would have to say, around, around timing. Of course, at that Oroctus committee that you mentioned, Kevin Backers did come under some questioning again about Fair City. And again, he was a bit in the dark about what was going on there. Yesterday, an ad was placed to hire a photographer paid them €80,000 a year to sit on the set of Fair City and take a few photographs every
3: day. Kevin Backhurst was indeed uh, in the dark about it, or, or rather he he was seeking more information in relation to it. Uh, he indicated to, at the committee that he wasn't particularly happy about this level of spending. Um, whilst there has been attempts by uh, some in ORC to, to justify this spending, ultimately a few days after the committee appearance, uh, Kevin Backhurst announced that it was being suspended in his comments uh, that he issued, along with news of this suspension, he said that while quality professional photography is essential to enable us to promote our programs and engage audiences, it is not possible for RT to commit to a four-year contract or to this level of spend, given the challenges we now face.
0: What about the Oireachtas Committee? What are they saying about what would, would people are you know, basically describing as fairly discretionary and non-essential spending at a time when they're being told RT has no money?
3: Yeah, well, Oireachtas Media Committee Chair, Niamh Smith, uh, one of the chair of one of the, the two committees that is examining uh, ORC in detail uh, over the last few months, uh, the Oroctus Media Committee and the Public Accounts Committee. But she is chair of the Oroctus Media Committee. a Fidafold TV said that while well, she appreciated the value of, of away days for for every organisation, I mean, including her own political party, for example, who often do think-ins in, in far-flung parts of the country, um, she was concerned that this event had taken place in the aftermath of a of summer of... of uh, financial crises at, at ORTE. I mean, this is not. it's not as if this event was taking place uh, in, in a vacuum. I mean, we, we have a, an awful lot of uh, stories and issues with ORTE's finances throughout the summer. And I mean, she said that the bottom line is the cost would have to be judged against the backdrop of what is very difficult time for ORTE at the moment. Um, and she would question, what was this really the only way that something like this could have been run?
0: We saw at the Oireachtas Committee uh at during interviews with Kevin Backhurst with correspondence that was released to the Iraqis committee a whole heck of a lot of detail about Ryan Tuberty's proposed and then cancelled return to RTÉ but RTÉ are now refusing to release any additional correspondence what what's that about
3: yeah so uh, around 6 weeks ago i asked RTÉ under freedom of information for All of the correspondence between Kevin Backhurst and Ryan Tuberty uh, and or representatives on his behalf related to his proposed uh, return to the broadcaster. Now, we we will recall that there was a deal quite far advanced uh, in relation to Ryan Tuberty returning to his RT Radio 1 slot at 9am on weekdays. Um, the proposal on the table was that he would be paid €170,000 a year as part of this. Um, there was a tentative proposal that he would pay back the €150,000 that he had been paid by ORT in respect of the infamous Renault commercial deal, um, but all of this correspondence was refused by ORT FOI unit on the basis that it was uh, program related and records that are related to programming at ORT are exempt under the, uh, the FOI uh, laws. Uh, They also argued that um, some of the records sought would be defined as personal information related to Ryan Tuberty and therefore would also be refused. Now, There is public interest test which uh, sometimes can override the personal information clause, uh, but in this instance, Ortiz was not satisfied despite the fact, uh, I would point out that 170,000 euro a year of taxpayers' money was at issue here, uh, that their argument was that, that the public interest test was not met to allow for the release of this information. Uh, so, this is troubling, I think, in respect of a number of issues which Shorty has faced over the summer, and in recent weeks, in fact, when they haven't released uh, correspondence related to D Forbes' contract, the former Director General, exit packages for uh, Geraldine O'Leary and Breed O'Keefe. Uh, the former financial director, uh, Breed O'Keefe, and, and the former commercial director, Geraldine O'Leary. And now they're arguing that uh, they are precluded by law from releasing records related to the return of one of the star performers at the station. But what he says they, they can't release these records.
0: Right, so it's it's okay for Kevin Backers to go on prime time and relate a conversation that he had on a one to one basis with Ryan Tuberty earlier on that day. That doesn't count as personal information. It's okay for RTE to release details of the the contract to uh, an committee, that doesn't count as personal information, but anything else does. It it does strike one that this is going back to the very start of this entire saga, a lack of transparency within the organisation.
3: Yeah, it it does jar considerably with Kevin Backhurst's stated position at the very outset of him becoming director general in June of this year, uh, of being more transparent, um, of of providing full transparency where the law allows uh, RT to do so. Now, he would argue, and RT would argue, that they have been as transparent as possible in releasing hundreds of documents to both of the Oireachtas committees, putting out all of the information that they are legally uh, able to put out. But in certain instances, they are reliant on legal advice, which is telling them they can't release certain documents, and that is something which has been questioned repeatedly by TDs on the on the both of the Oireachtas committees. And I think it's going to be an ongoing issue for Artie as we move into the winter of this uh, this long running saga.
0: Now, uh, Ryan Tuberty's uh, successor uh, on the Late Late Show, Patrick Healty, has taken up his job in recent weeks. Artie uh, hired a celebrity booker for the Late Late Show. What celebrities did this celebrity Booker book? Well, I, th- I think people
3: watching the first Late Late Show would be um, quite astonished, really, to see RT consider con- continuing the pra- the Late Late Show in particular, continuing the practice of uh, promoting other RT talent. And in this instance, the two Johnnies, um successful podcasting duo who are success in their own right, but also present a, a drive-time show on-, on 2FM, I think, called Drive It!, um, they were given a, a prominent slot on The Late Late Show on Kielty's first outing. And people would again be wondering why, uh, when Ortee has gone to the extent of hiring a celebrity booker, that they would be booking um, this sort of talent for the show when Ortee has been consistently criticized for using The Late Late Show as a platform to promote Orty talents, perhaps at the expense of talent that uh, brings its business elsewhere to other commercial broadcasters, for
0: example. So we also had the situation where the two Johnnies were on promoting a a program that they have uh, coming up soon uh,
1: We've had temporary Crystal now it is time for two Tipperary Diamonds who've already won the Senior Showbiz Championship here in Ireland they have a million listener podcast an award winning radio show their own music festival and now a new TV show which is going to be filmed in a pub what could possibly go wrong please knock it over the bar for the two Johnnies
3: Stephen Stewart, um, who is the new director of The Late Late Show um, he founded this company called Green Inc, a television production company um, that is involved in producing this uh, programme um, so again uh, was Guilty I, I don't think has any involvement in this production company any, any longer. It was founded in the mid-90s along with Kielty. Uh, with there is a question to be asked about, you, you know, again, these connections which are once again leading to the promotion of, of talent um, that is very closely related to people who are
0: broadcasting on RTE. What's the mood amongst RTE staff do we know at, at the moment? I mean, they're, they're basically bracing themselves for a big cost-cutting plan to, to come. Yeah, well, I I think in light of that
3: and in light of, as we discussed earlier, Kevin Backhurst's uh, decision to pause all discretionary spending, a recruitment freeze, very significant decisions which will have an impact on RTs. Uh, operations on a day-to-day basis and um, the hiring of a celebrity booking consultant from the UK has has annoyed them. Um, not unreasonably, one would argue, um, because the cost of, of this kind of outlay on, on a celebrity booking agent stands in sharp contrast to the decision to freeze all discretionary spending at, at the broadcaster. And again, it's another decision which was probably taken in advance of, of Kevin Backhurst's announcement on September the 13th. And again, it will cause annoyance towards the staff who, as we've heard throughout the summer, but particularly in the newsroom, for example, you know, the, the, the chairs don't work, the remotes don't work, the equipment is ancient. They need to replace sound desks in some of the studios, all of this kind of stuff, which can't be done. And yet the money is found to find celebrity booking agents who book talent that RT already promotes on, on other
0: channels. two episodes in the all new shiny late late show new format kind of new presenter very definitely and new studio what's the critical and public response been so far
2: Well, I think with regards to uh, Patrick Keelty's debut as the Late Late Show host, uh, the the reception so far has been overwhelmingly positive. That's both from uh, the TV critics as well as from the viewers who are tuning in and tweeting from home. Uh, The likes of The Irish Independent, The Irish Times, Dublin Live and The Journal all gave really positive reviews and they were singing uh, Keelty's praises in particular. Um, His opening monologue in which he cracked some jokes about the recent Ortiz scandals uh, went down a treat.
1: By the way, in case you hadn't noticed folks, everything in here tonight is new. We've got a new opening, we've got a new logo, and we've got a brand new house band for you folks. Give it up for Grant Thornton and the Flip Flops.
2: Now, when it came to the actual set design, there was a bit more of a mixed response there. Um, a lot of viewers were commenting that they found it cold and a bit clunky, and uh, more than one were comparing the chairs and desks to something that you'd find in a classroom. Um, there were also a number of comments made about the so-called Orti canteen lineup, uh, but it does seem that Patrick Kilty's winsome personality has, for the most part, uh, carried the show through. Now, I myself think Patrick has really been the best thing about this show so far. He's confident. He's fun. He's lively, has a great sense of humor, and I really appreciate the fact that he can do the more serious topics without it ever feeling uh, too heavy handed. So he really is the one who is pulling off this new brand, this new uh, RTE Late Late Show and uh, bringing it home. Now, When it came to the difference between those responses of week one and week two, I do think the social media reactions um, in the second week did start to get that bit more critical, particularly in relation to that guest lineup. Um, There was also something of a mixed response so far to the borrowing of the Graham Norton show style, where they're kind of interviewing three guests all together at once. Some viewers have said that this is just a really bad knockoff. Others have commented how well it works. Uh, It's also worth noting that there has been a drop in viewership, although I think that this was you know, this, this isn't any huge surprise. Uh, but so far, there's been a 33% drop in viewership between episodes one and two. The audience share hasn't suffered quite the same drop. Uh, it's gone from 62% to 51%. And one thing I will also say in Patrick Kielty's defense is I don't think it's any reflection on him as a host, because from what I could see, he is so, so confident, particularly in this second episode. It felt more like he's been doing the show a dozen times as opposed to just twice. So he really needs to be committed for that, I think.
0: He's certainly been able to do comedy. He's certainly been able to do empathy. Probably saw in the Dr. Tony Holland interview that the, the, the current affairs training kind of isn't there. He was kind of let off the hook very uh, severely on, on a, a couple of questions that he that he had to to put to Tony Holland and really let him get away without giving uh, any answer uh, whatsoever. Do we think that that format, that lineup is going to continue True, uh, true. The season that this is the kind of the that cross between the American talk show and uh, the the Graham Norton style, mixed with a bit of the old late show.
2: Yeah, and I would absolutely agree with you in that there is something of sometimes a gentle approach to Patrick Keelty's style, in that he's not hitting the hard hitting uh, questions, you know, the likes of Gaper, and would really kind of go at his, I guess, and that would make for much more entertaining television, I think. Um, So far, to be honest, when it comes to the guest lineup itself, I've been quite disappointed. Um, I think that Shania Twain has probably been the biggest star that they've had so far, but that was a pre-recording and something like 10 seconds long, so we were hardly going to get a lot of content out of that. Hey, it's Shania Twain, and I
0: want to wish Patrick and all the artists the very best for his first Late Late Country Music special on October 6th.
1: I know it's going to be a lot of fun,
2: so make sure you tune in.
0: Do we think, though, that... The guest lineup is going to improve as things go on.
2: I'm hoping so, because currently I'm really finding it very uninspired and very unsurprising. They really seem to be honing in on Irish talent who have a strong uh, following and who are going to be like quite solid as as guests. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the same dozen or so faces that we've seen over and over again when it comes to the Irish media. You know, the likes of Baz and Vogue William last week or Hector and Tommy Tiernan uh, from before. And I think that the reason that they've used that Graham Norton format of bringing out three very familiar guests is an attempt to give those interviews a lift. But if you follow these particular personalities, you've heard all of these stories before. So there's something just a little bit dull and not quite working about that.
0: There's a lot of goodwill you'd have to say towards Patrick Hill. He's very much it's the first time on this show that Artie hasn't gone with somebody who was a, a big name within the organization had a long track record going outside how, how much time does he get out of that before people start going hang on this show isn't delivering uh, on, on guests and you, the host can only go so far
2: Yeah, with regards to whether The Late Late Show can kind of be a sustainable success, I do think that the appeal of Patrick Kilty will only last for so long. Um, I think The Late Late Show is going to have a really hard time keeping viewers engaged and interested if the guests that they invite on don't become more exciting and frankly more international because... The fact of the matter is they're just going to run out of famous people in Ireland to uh, interview um, because Irish media is so small. These are the same personalities that we see over and over again. Even at this stage, I'm kind of struggling to want to tune in next week. And, you know, if those viewership figures are anything to go by, I'm clearly not the only one who feels that way. And I'm clearly not the only one who's a bit bored by the guests. I really do hope that RT can pull this together because I think they have such a great host um, in Patrick Guilty. Like I said, he's really carrying the show at this point. And it has to be said, with regards to kind of getting, you know, the big stars or, you know, major international um, talent. You don't have to bring in the likes of Tom Cruise or Dwayne Johnson. We don't have to aim that high. There's a huge wide world of different celebrities from all wakes of life out there. Um, and I mean, that could be just one better use of the taxpayers' money is bringing in uh, that kind of talent to Ireland rather than spending that money on swanky hotels for fair city actors.
0: And my thanks to Dee Malumby and Hugh O'Connell beforehand. I'm Fionan Cian, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound recorded by Niall McMonagall and sound designed by John Smith archive clips from The Late Late Show RTE Virgin Media and Independent.ie If you enjoy the Indo-Daily don't forget to like follow and leave us a review
2: Shachtan, an Indo Askaliger.
0: Time e e ar e in si I I I a mon erupti end of Chacht erachor, Agasuligam a Makansha, Gurfader echor, Inuik cart, Len of Winterfane. Schilti, Fis,
1: Turmi.
2: Tashe, Duchretchet, Nachvetach, Ara, Igornamion, Unchestchen Echol.
1: Vintolamaginom Grave, Orkarn Rachtum, Yatakshethorn Graven, Orkarston, Elis Duhalagis Gimina Fracht, Gor Kligsardukishenecher. And even our third or accession, Vin Marav.
0: Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.